哟吼哟吼哟吼哟吼哟吼 ！We remembered. Howdy ho! Howdy ho! Pirates from last week is not for me, but it's maybe for all of you. I don't know. Get on our ship. Get on it. This is two girls, one ghost. Two girls, one ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That is Corinne. That is Leia. And I am Sabrina. <laughs> and we are both. You're repping our merch, and I'm repping Ladies and Tangents merch because yeah, our BFF Sierra and Jerry. Yeah, it's like embroidered too. It's so fun. So fun. You know what's fun is we did we met Sierra and Jerry from Ladies and Tangents when we did the crossover. Yeah, and we were joking because they were telling us about Marco Polo, and we were joking about like getting poloed. Yes, which is basically just like an app video. where we can video and back and forth. Uh, and we we started one, and we've never stopped. Like we talked. Well, you are really. Good I talked at to it. them. <laughs> It's mostly me and Jerry Marco poloing each other.、Um, yeah, but, you're poloing each other but, real hard.、Um, yeah, it's so. I talk、fun. to them more than I talk to a lot of people. Yeah, I love it. They're the best. It's fun. I truly, when I got this, Leia made it hers. She just laid right, out, and she's gonna make、so、comfy. my light hers. She's gonna make this. There she is. She heard. I want to order it too.、We、Beautiful, were, Leia. You're blocking my light.、Um, okay, so last week, well, I guess a few days ago. In the encounters, I was saying that you and I had both been at weddings the、yes. same weekend. I met multiple people at this wedding that listened to our podcast. I felt so cool, so cool. You're a celebrity. I went up to one girl and I was like, "Can I take a picture of you and your significant other?" Because they, I was like making all the couples kind of、yeah. use this one backdrop because it was pretty. And I was like, "This is the thing that people don't get. Like, you go to a wedding, you always forget to take a picture." And so I was. You're the person was, like the photographer. Everyone wishes that they had with them all the time. Oh, well, and I went up, and she was like, "I recognize your voice. Do you have a podcast?" And then she was like, "Is your co-host still in LA?" I was like, "Oh my god, you do listen!" Oh, that's amazing. It was so cool. Yeah. Wait, did I tell? I think I told you this. I don't think I've said it on the podcast, but. When we were at my sister's wedding, I, it was like towards the end of the night, and the wedding planner comes up to me and was like, "And this is keep in mind, this is in Sicily, Italy." The wedding planner comes up to me and goes, "Can you come take a picture?" And I thought she meant Leia's really just you know. And here I am, Leia's entire. You're in the dark. It's、I'm、okay. In the dark. Actually, it kind of helps with my lights. The wedding planner comes up and like is like, "Can you come take a picture?" And I thought she meant like take a picture of her and the other wedding planner and her team. And I get yeah, over there. The I get over there. They're all set up, and there's a spot for me in the middle. And I'm like, "Wait, you want me in the picture?" And they're like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Why? Like, why? I don't understand." <laughs> I was so confused. And we're in this picture. I'm like, "Wait, why am I in this picture?" And the, one of the girls that works for the wedding planner was like, "Because you're famous." And I was like, so confused. And I had no idea、like, what was no, happening. I'm not. Famous? How? Exactly.、And、I'd be like, "Uh oh, what weird video is on the internet? <laughs> what did I do?" And then, or or I was like, my first instinct was like, "What did Nick say?" Because I feel like Nick loves to go around and say like, "Oh yeah, Sabrina's famous. She's got a podcast, or she does X Y Z thing. She's a writer." And so I thought he had said something, but they had looked us up on Instagram and saw our podcast. Stop. Leah. They had seen our podcast and our Instagram, and they were like, "Oh, they're famous." So they don't listen, but they thought that we were famous. And but they thought. <laughs> I love that they're gonna have that, and they're gonna like show people, and people are gonna be like, "I don't wait, know who? <laughs> wait, who? What is this?、Oh, what are?、God. What's this girl from? We're not famous. <laughs> we're not、so、famous."、Funny. 
That's I was so flattered, funny. but I was like, this is yeah. false advertising for everyone involved. At least you're slightly closer to fame than I love the stories where people will go up to someone they think is a celebrity and ask for a photo. And then like years later, they'll look back on it and be like, this is clearly not Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. It's just like some random person that's like, I'll go with it. Like, just sure, I'll it. pretend. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. The best Ugh. though, the best slash worst is I imagine, I was talking to a friend, you remember the, um, what was that like trivia game? Like HR, like HQ trivia or whatever. Oh yes. They, yeah. It was the, the people that used to have Vine. Yes. Changed so, and did HQ trivia. And then I, I don't know where that, what happened to that after that. But that guy know. who hosts it plays on some of our friends baseball team, like, or softball team, like, you know, like club, whatever team. And random guys went up to him and was like, I know you from somewhere. Where are you from? And he was just like, I don't know. And like, I imagine that's the worst thing if you have some type of celebrity in any way to have someone come up to you and be like, I know you, but I don't know where from. I don't know where it's from. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wait, that's like when we were in, when I was in LA, I was at Lemonade. Is that what the place is called? Yeah. Yeah. I was in Lemonade, Abbott Kinney area, uh-huh. somewhere in Venice. Yeah. And I went up to some guy and I was like, are you the guy from Seventh Heaven? And he was like, <laughs> I've done a lot of other things since then. Oh, But yes, sad. you probably know me from Seventh Heaven. <laughs> he was like, I have another 20 years of experience, yeah. but yeah, I'm the guy from Seventh Heaven. Yeah. <laughs> like, least, sorry. You know what? He has something to be recognized by. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> I was also like, you know, that's the only thing that I was probably was probably appropriate. Like he he's older yeah. than us. So it's like, what else was I gonna watch when I was ten that he was in? Yeah. Nothing. So I feel like I'm the, I'm just not the type of person who would ever go up to someone. I think I'm just too awkward. <laughs> and I also don't want to like bother them and they have their own lives. But the exception being Billie Eilish and Kesha. Those are the two. Oh, I thought you were about to tell me that you met Billie Eilish and I was about no. to No. I would stab my own heart with jealousy. Okay, that and Tom Felton. Tom Felton is another one that I would for sure go up to. (laughs) But I would like. That's a really good one. Yeah. I won't say what I was going to say. I just, I want Tom Felton to love me, but I'm married. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, have you talked to Nick about polygamy? Is that, is that, is he at all on the brink of polyamorous relationships? Uh, Hall pass. Just one, please. (laughs) Just kidding. Oh my God. No. (laughs) Never meet your heroes is my, is my belief. Yeah, that's true. I've never met my hair. I don't know why I said that. Like, that, like I had some loaded, I don't know, Billie Eilish. Okay, Reese Witherspoon's <laughs> another one I don't that, know. that I so badly want to meet. And if I saw her, I would. I wrote a whole essay about how she was my role model to get into. It was when I was applying for eighth grade at Princeton Day School. And the prompt was, who's your role model and why? Anyway, I wrote a whole essay about how she was my role model and I I stick to it. I didn't get in that year. I got in the next year for high school. But <laughs> she, I stick to my belief that she is an incredible woman who has paved the way for many other women to come. And is I mean, that's true. Incredible female stories. And I just think she's... Right. No her. one can dispute that. I love her. Gen- she has very similar energy to Jennifer Gardner, you yeah. know, where it's just like really warm, really kind. Like I you would, want her to be your mom. Totally. Yeah. Like 1000% if there were a room of 70,000 people and I was at a club, I would walk up to her and be like, can you hold my drink while I go to the bathroom? <laughs> you know, like, you know, you trust her. Yes. everything would go into mm. you being safe and taken care of. 
I was wondering where you were going with that. And I was like, I, I didn't, I, I was in my head. I thought you were going to say like, will you tickle my back? Cause I want to go home and I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> Wait, you want people to tickle your back when you want to go home? Yeah. Wait, Sabrina, it, what is this? What like, is this you're telling me. I think I'm saying I just want a hug from a, a mom-like figure. But um, Will you tickle my back? <laughs> I think I just get tired when I'm just, I'm just thinking about how I get so tired when we're out at night. And yeah. I'm imagining all of my friends wanting to stay out and I'm like, okay, I'll wait a little bit longer. And then Reese Witherspoon standing over there and I'm like, Reese, will you tickle my back and just like make me feel like I'm at home? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. Like the soothing. Oh, it's like whenever I see like a little baby or a little toddler, you just yeah. want to rub their backs, right? Yeah. Their little baby backs are so cute. Yeah. I love. I love, I love baby backs. I love a little back tickle. Oh, oh my gosh. Wait. So what? while I was at the wedding. Okay. We all thought we saw a UFO <gasps> at the welcome party. We oh. were all, it was like welcome drinks, like at night. So mm-hmm. the sun had set halfway through. It's we're in the we were in Stowe, Vermont. So we are Love. in the darkness, so the mountains, the clearest sky. You can see every freaking star for trillions of light years away. And all of a sudden from far away, there's like a little white strip that starts chugging, 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 chugging <sighs> along. Someone goes, Corinne, and like makes me look up. I shove my drink at Dawn, who is one of like my parents' age, but like has known me since I was five. I literally said no words, just shoved all my stuff at her, my purse, everything, grabbed my phone and started filming. <laughs> Cause I was like, I am not gonna be that person who has a shaky, grainy video. It's not gonna look like I'm recording on a potato. I am getting this yes, evidence. Get it. And then it got a little bit closer and we could see that there were spaces in between. And me and my brother were both like, oh, it's Starlink. Which was still very cool. What's Starlink? But Starlink, it's like Elon Musk's uh, like Wi-Fi cellular company. But they launched many oh. different satellites, but in a chain. It'll look like, you know, the game Snake, where you just like yeah. add another dot. It looks like that going across the oh. sky. So it'll be like 30-some satellites really close together, or at least to, the, to your eye, they look really close together in the sky going along. But it was really, really cool because it was just enough in the sky where the sun – from where the sun hadn't set on another area of Earth, was hitting it where we could see it in the night sky. But then it had crossed over the line, however high up it was, of light to dark. So we watched this like little chain of 30 satellites go across the sky. Do you have the video? And then just into darkness. I do. Can you send it to me? Yeah. I took like five and I I collected everybody else's at the party. (gasps) And then one of the waiters ran up to me and was like, can you please text me those videos? His dad works for NASA or his grandpa works for NASA and he wanted to like send them to him. Can we meet his grandpa? I know. Okay. I took a screenshot of actually a very cool website that I want to tell everybody about. 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 So this is going to be my new obsession. Do you remember a few years ago when I was totally obsessed with O-Search and I would like stalk all the sharks for two years straight? That's been my thing now lately. I just downloaded the app and I've been tracking the sharks. Oh, I love doing that stuff. And the turtles. Yes. Also, can we have a moment? Me and my mom were big on that. Can we have a moment of silence for Freya the walrus? How cruel are human beings? It's so sad and so devastating. She was Norwegian, right? That was Norway? Yeah. And like that was – like, we're invading her place. We're the monsters. Yeah. I cannot believe they did that. It makes For anyone so that doesn't mad. know what happened, there was a giant walrus in Norway 
that was hopping ships. onto boats in a marina. Yeah, and it was putting a lot of water. She, she was a big girl, so she was yeah. sinking them, these tiny little boats. So they, melt, they made her like this buoy couch to try to get her to not be on the boats. But anyway... Long story short, they decided to just kill her. They euthanized her. Yeah. Euthanized? Yep. Yeah. Euthanized. They euthanized her. So messed up. So sad. I hate it. It is. O Search made me sad sometimes too. Well, also, O Search was like weird. I was like, what's going on? There was like big gaps between where sharks would be. And then Mm. some, it would freak me out that they'd be able to like travel all throughout the world. So the great white fast. And then you'd see them really close to like, the marinas that they'd be like right off of a pier and you're like oh my god anyway yes my new obsession is going to be leo labs if you look up leo labs like l-e-o l-a-b-s it is a website where you can see live all of these satellites all of the debris just all the shit going around and orbiting earth within like a certain wait why can't i find it to earth Leo Labs. It doesn't work. Leo Labs. I don't. If you just yeah. Google it, it's like Leo oh, Labs. It's not an, space. It's not an app. Okay. Oh, sorry. No, it's just you can just go onto it, and it will just everything is orbiting. It is wild. Wait, this is so. I was cool. watching it, and I so so I searched for Starlink because I was like, I wonder if I'm going to be able to see it again someday. And so, yeah, in low Earth orbit visualization. You can look at that and see like what's close closest to us that might be able to be in a Whoa. in your vision. And I'll show on the screen right now. You can, like, see everything moving. That's it's so really, really cool. fascinating. Oh, you have to sign up. I haven't signed up. Uh, wait, no, you don't. Why is this not working for me? I'm, I, I feel like usually I'm... I'm going to text you. I know normally okay. you know how to use the internet, and I don't. But anyway, I think it's really, really cool. And I'm going to start so using it whenever I'm in a place where I can where it's really, really dark out. Yeah, because I'm going to try to see the Starlink again. Because there's multiple of them. And there's not just That's one so train cool. of Starlink uh, oh, satellites, so cool. but... All right. It's well, very send, funky. Yeah. Send me that video as well from the I weekend. Will. I will. And when this posts, I'll I'll make sure. Well, I'll send it to you and then yes. one of us will remember to post it on social media. Okay. Okay. This is our new format. And I have a story to tell you, Corinne. I saw you put this in the Excel sheet yes. and I was like, did we do this? Because I remember like five years ago when we went to a podcast festival, you and I, I think had initially seen or like learned about this case, but then never did it. Yes. Never covered it. Never did it. I did something similar, but not this one. We have been terrified of haunted dolls. We have been Mm -hmm. unsettled by a child's spirits crawling towards people in the night. We've been cautious of haunted antiques. But today I want to present to you the trifecta, a haunted painting with a haunted doll-like girl and a boy who crawls out of it and is terribly cursed collector's item that leads to mind control, blackouts, and death. Oh, my God. This is the story of the oh-so-very-haunted hands-resist-him painting. Okay, I am going to show you. So this is actually, I do, this episode is going to have a lot of photos shown throughout it. So if you want to come watch it on YouTube, please. But I do want to give a disclaimer because it has been said that even looking at this video, so if you're watching on YouTube, or at this photo, so I'm looking at you, YouTubers who are watching, can put viewers at risk. So best wishes to all of you. Cleanse your faces and spaces. <laughs> Cleanse your faces and spaces. Just do it all. I love that, Sabrina. <laughs> That's so good. You know, if you're going to look, cleanse your eyes. I don't know. 
And if anything does happen to you when you look at it, please let us know. So let me begin by showing you the Hands Resist Him painting. Here it is. Oh my gosh. Okay. We'll send that to our editor to put full screen for everyone to see as well. Yes. The Hands Resist Him painting was painted in 1972 by the artist Bill Stoneham and is today one of the most famous and most haunted slash cursed paintings in history. And I just want to give a quick shout out to a book that I never heard of before and I'm so glad exists. It's called Ghost Hunting for Dummies, written by (laughs) our Lord and Savior, Zach Bagans. No way. Yeah. How have we not heard of this? I have no idea, but I found it and and he writes about this painting in his book a lot. So I did a lot of research. I actually got a lot of research from from that and then from Bill Stoneham's website has a lot of information on it as well. Mm-hmm. So I was like trying to figure out what to research for this very first episode of our new podcast format. And I was like, oh my gosh, I there's a lot of pressure for me to be like good and stuff. So and like, ah, what do I do? <laughs> so <laughs> and you're first too. And I'm first. Which is like, even great. more pressure. See, this yes. is very this is also very um uh, of our relationship because if we're going into a haunted house, you push me first. So here I am <laughs> so entering the haunted time. house. Yes. <laughs> so I was like looking for things. I was searching basically like most haunted because now necessarily we don't have themes for the episodes or that we pick the themes ourselves. And then I was remembering the debug box and how scary and also like good that was. So I was like, give me haunted artifacts for $500, please. And I hit the jackpot with this story because this painting is not only creepy, it is also terribly, terribly haunted. There are multiple deaths believed to be connected to the painting, even more blackouts, mind control episodes, and paranormal hauntings. So for those of you who are listening to audio only, I do recommend Google imaging or coming here to YouTube to see the image. Uh, Maybe you're too scared to look at it. I get it. I will explain it. I, I have looked at it many times and I'm totally fine. I did wake up with like sticks and leaves between my toes and there was like a bloody axe in my <laughs> living room, but totally unrelated. I, there's no connection. No, Sabrina. Oh my God. My eyeballs and my ears did start bleeding as I was sharing today, but I, I don't think that that's allergies. It's just allergies. It's the season. <laughs> my front tooth is starting to wiggle out of place, but yeah. my I gums think it's are just what bleeding I and I have like these really ra- big rage blackouts that I don't know what's happening. And flies keep coming out of my mouth. Ooh, I don't know. Your room just got dark. Ooh. I don't know why there's so much light change. Lately in my videos, it's creepy. I think it's because it's not related to the painting. Don't worry. No, it's not at all. Not at all. No, it's because there's a giant window. And so we get whatever Boston's weather brings us. And right now there is a giant cloud. Well, it's kind of nice. I like it. Spooky. That's why I have a couple lights. So I'm not in complete darkness. Yes. Okay. I get it if you're too spooked. Basically, I'm going to explain the painting in some detail to you while I, I will, I'll, sh- I'll show it again after, or maybe um, I'll have our editors put it up here as I'm explaining it. That's perfect magic editing. Mm-hmm. Okay. The Hands Resist Him painting depicts a young girl on the left and a young boy on the right. They are both standing in front of a glass panel door, which seems innocent, right? Right. Mm-hmm. But it is not That sweet little girl with her blue dress on, well, her face is quite distorted and looks like a doll with a weird and sad face. You know how like Nutcracker's jaws are super defined? Her jaw kind of looks like that, but it's an upside upside down smile. She looks sad. 
And that little boy, his face is almost too grown up and somewhat melty. Like it's distinct, but blurry in a way. Right. Right. And if there's a cloudiness in front of it. Yeah. And if that's not creepy enough, that door behind them. Well, if you look closely, there are hands, many hands, many, many, many hands reaching out, like pawing at the glass. Which makes me think of the, yeah, exactly. Like kind of like feels like this makes me think of the encounter story we read in, I think it was uh, a couple ago, 144, where the woman was having like a sleep paralysis demon experience and their hands coming out of her wall and she pulled them out. Yes. Like it makes yes. me feel Ew. like oh. trapped souls in it. And the, the reaching out makes me feel like they need help. Like they're not in a good place. Right. So I will admit that I'm a little biased in describing this painting because I do know what happens next in this story. (laughs) But I do feel like if I saw this painting out in the world, I would have a little bit of trepidation around it. I would be a little concerned. And um, it's just there's something eerie about it. Well, it's creepy. Like the way yes. the way that it looks, it's creepy. There's yeah. like this doll-like doll and this fuzzy, blurred-out boy yeah. and a bunch of hands reaching out from behind them. It's very spooky. It's yeah. dark. It's dark art. It is dark That's art. That's what it is. Yes. And interestingly enough, the artist had and to this day has paranormal and supernatural beliefs that are most definitely present in his works. So we're going to start there. We're going to start with the artist, Bill Stoneham. Okay. And Bill Stoneham... Corinne was born in Boston, Massachusetts. Ayo. This is we just breed the spooky people and comedians. Wow. Yes. I mean, he has how, a raven. I mean, like, I can't look at the Oh, a raven. Or a crow this, and also the his, red skies in the background. This yeah. feels very stranger things, doesn't it? He's got he's a spooky dude. He is a spooky dude. So, yes, he was born William Stoneham in Boston, Massachusetts in 1947. And sadly, he spent the first nine months of his life in an orphanage. He never knew his biological parents until more recently, but he was adopted at nine months old and moved with his parents to Chicago and eventually to Southern California. So he's got a touch of TGOG in him, born in Boston, grew up in Southern California. You know, we are, there's a connection between us. And he had heard growing up that his biological mother had been a painter of portraits. And growing up, he himself developed a passion for making art and knew from an early age that he wanted to pursue it, and he did. Most of Bill's work is an exploration of figurative and textual concepts influenced by the urban and rural environment and the social political work in today's world. I think that's a direct quote from his website. Okay. He has gone on to become a successful artist, and according to his website, he did in fact discover he has half-siblings and a full sister – And one of his half-brothers confirmed that their mother was, in fact, a painter throughout her life. So Bill is successful today, but his career began in 1972 when Charles Vinegarden Galleries contracted his work for two years. So they basically were like, Bill, you're under contract and you have to provide the gallery with two paintings every month and we'll pay you $200 for each painting you provide us. And then, you know, the potential of selling it with the gallery. Yeah. Seems like a lot of work, though. Yes. The number of hours that go into a painting. Totally. Doesn't feel like enough. Oh, no. But he was early on in his career. Right. I'm sure now it's a lot more. So I think it's now around 1974, and Bill had a deadline approaching, and he was trying to find inspiration for his artwork. You know, he had to put together two pieces every month, and he didn't really know what to make for this this one. And at the same time, his first wife, Roanne, had written a poem called Hands Resist Him. 
And it was about Bill's experience of being adopted and never knowing his biological siblings. I'm going to read the poem to you. It is, okay, so again, it's called The Hands Resist Him. It was written by Rowan Pinsetti uh, in 1971. Wait, you said this is his wife? His first wife, yeah. His first wife. He is of the seeing visions. His strokes reveal them in a rush of color, of madness, of mystics. And his head is the highest center. It must confront its enemy. The hands resist him like the secret of his birth. His presence is the sanctum heartbeat felt in darkness and in passion. It sound the sole gift to that silence. So it's sad. It's a so kind of a sad So this is an extremely it, sad, but also this couple themselves, extremely artistic, extremely yes. talented. And also, yeah, a lot of sadness and darkness within their art. Yeah, they had a great way of expressing their feelings. And, and so that's the poem. And like I had said, it was about Bill never knowing his biological family and siblings and being adopted. So at the same time, he, you know, he probably had this poem in his mind. He was also looking for some inspiration. And I'm imagining him like ruffling through old photographs from when he was a kid because Bill finds this photograph and it was taken when he was a young boy and it was of young Bill and this young girl from his neighborhood who he used to play around with a lot. Um, not, I don't know why I said it like that. They used to play in the neighborhood a lot. Anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And they're posed in front of a glass door, which does that sound familiar? Yes. So as a little bit of context to this photo, which I'll show the original uh, photo as well. This photo is vitally important to the painting we now know as the hands resist him. So a little bit more information. Growing up, Bill's father was in advertising and traveled a lot. His family was staying at his grandmother's apartment in Chicago at the same time of the photo. And the place was so small that Bill slept on a mat and coats and dresses. Like he slept in a Harry Potter closet of, of sorts on top of right. dresses and coats. Oh my gosh. So he had, you know, he had a little bit of a difficult upbringing and so one day his parents had Bill pose with this girl from the neighborhood for a photo in the front of the glass door. I'm not sure why Bill felt so inspired by this photo, but his deadline was approaching. So he decided to use this photo as inspiration and title it the same as his wife's poem. So I'll show you the original photo. Okay, perfect. I mean. And then if we look at the this photo, you can see some similarities. Totally. It's like the way that they're positioned, the orientation they are. I know. The hands are so creepy. I just, I mean, I don't know what's up with that. Like, I understand that her face is very doll-like, porcelain doll-like, but it also just is bringing me back to, you know, like Jason from Friday the 13th. It's it's like that hockey mask sort it is, of it's, it's creepiness to it. Yeah. It's hollow and hard looking. Yes. And it gets creepier. So this was the birth of the hands resist him. It's a 36 inches by 24 inches oil on canvas painting. On his website, Bill Stoneham says he always had a connection to what Carl Jung called the collective unconscious. And this is a quote from Bill Stoneham. Artists, especially visual artists, are parameters for the currents that run through this collective. Dreams are a common experience people may have with this. My own experience, this is Bill's own experience, is sensitivity to place, phys physical geographical place. There are memories, echoes of all the life within that place. Maybe it's what's called channeling. So he is a 
supernatural fiend. Not a fiend. He's into it. He get. He's like, yeah. He believes that there. Wait, Carl Jung said this, or the artist Bill. said this. Bill, the artist, said this. Bill said this. I think I was like, I don't remember that from philosophy class. No, Carl but, talked wow. about the collective unconsciousness, and mm-hmm. Bill is saying that as an artist, he feels like when he's in in the in the zone when he's creating his art, like there's this like he joins the collective, and all of these echoes and feelings and memories and things come through him. Right, and it feels That's very so much. Interesting. Like he said, it feels like cha- channeling, which to me is almost like down a dark hall where it's like, what's coming through you? Yeah, totally. And I'm to- I'm f- totally forgetting the term for it, but what is it called when it's talked a lot about, it's not generational trauma, but it's something similar where it's like what comes before you. Oh, inherited, is, inherited trauma. Yeah, but it's it has to do with like your actual genetic make. I'm trying to think of the, there's like a, there's an actual term for it, and I'm totally forgetting it. But hmm. essentially, yeah, that's what this is reminding me of. Like, you bring yeah. everything with you, whether you're entirely conscious of it or not, and perhaps yeah. it could be unlocked through this. But maybe it's not. Maybe you just hold it and you carry it. Yeah. Unknowingly. But it's there. Yeah. And according to Stoneham, so in this painting, there's the doorway, and he said that it's the representation dividing line between the waking world and the world of fantasy, dreams, and the impossible, or so-called impossible. And remember how I said Bill had paranormal predilections? Well, here we go. Mm-hmm. The young girl is a doll that is meant to act as a guide to escort the boy through the door. And those creepy outreaching hands, Bill said, they represent alternate lives or possibilities. The what-ifs, what could have beens or should have beens. I mean, this is a cool concept, and I think I like to think of these possibilities and and these like guiding spirits as something positive. Yeah. And he's depicting them in the most horrifying way. <laughs> well, it's interesting because like as someone who loves the concept of multiple dimensions or multiple universes and parallel, whatever it is, multiverses, it it's the idea of there's a possibility that in many other worlds you are doing all these other things or other things are happening. Mm-hmm. And maybe some of them are bad or maybe some of them are good. It, it's just you don't necessarily know. Right. Um, and also I finally finished Midnight Mass after <gasps> you finishing it a year ago. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> a long time slowly ago. slowly chipping away. But like, again, it's like when the one of the themes is like the angels, biblically, like the angels yeah. are very scary looking. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the deeds that, that they do – and and act out are horrifying yeah but it's you know like the theme of the bible like all for the greater cause or whatever so maybe part of that is also in the painting where it's like these things look really scary these things look really really it's it's reminding me a little bit of the allegory of the cave too now i'm getting really yeah into sucked back into midnight mass my yeah well it and it's the unknown philosophy classes which i always got like a d in I know I was hmm? so bad at philosophy. Um, yeah, it was the one topic, I one subject. Yeah, and I was like, but isn't this like also subjective? How am I so bad at this? Right. I was like, yeah, how can you be bad at at philosophy? Like, yeah, it's just like theorizing Apparently and hypothesizing. We yeah. I, we, that's what we do this whole time. We are philosophers of the paranormal. Well, our philosophers, our teachers did not like us. No, they did not. I was saying that I think the unknown is also scary. So if this is to like portray the unknowns and the could have, should have, would have, mm-hmm. then it is a bit scary because you don't know what could be different if one thing had been different in your life. Right. Anyway. The Midnight Library. Yes. Anyway, I'm here for the concept behind the artwork. 
It's a little creepy, but art collectors loved it as well because in 1974, the Charles Feingarten Gallery picked the Hands Resist Him painting to be part of a larger art show that they were hosting. And the painting was reviewed in the Los Angeles Times by the journalist Henry Seldes. And this is, his name is important. But I will read the quotation from the article that Henry wrote. William Stoneham's paintings are at their best when they're weirdest. In those instances, the young artist comes close to inventing the first truly neo-surrealist painting I have ever encountered to date that extends the surrealist fantasies into the contemporary realm. The best works here deserve the attention of collectors devoted to traditional surrealism without objecting to a good many new and startling twists, which is a great review. Like this, I know that's a really good review. Yeah. Good job. (laughs) Good job, Bill. (laughs) So even further... Feels like I knew it was a good job 50 years ago. Yeah, don't need to tell me. You're a little late. A little late. (laughs) Even further, the only piece that sold in that show was The Hands Resist Him. Wow. At the gallery show, actor John Marley, who was famous for his role in The Godfather, and I haven't watched The Godfather in a long time, but I'm sure there's plenty of Godfather fans out there. He is the one who wakes up with the severed horse's head in his bed. Anyway. I've never seen the movie, but that sounds like a horrifying scene that would stick with you. Yes. Yeah. So John was at the show and he saw the hands resist him painting and he could not resist it. He purchased the painting. (laughs) It's not clear what happened while the painting was in Marley's possession, but this is where things start getting weird. Within 10 years, the three people who were closest to the painting died. The art critic, Seldis, the gallery owner, Feingarten. They were both dead within a year. Are you getting abducted? What is that? that uh, an obnoxious Los Angeles driver. Holy that was crap. So, it sounded like it was in my apartment. It did. It, I, I truly thought that was an alien beam. That's what it sounded like through the headphones. I like how you I was were, like, it's happening so for you. It's <laughs> happening. We all get to witness it. Jealous. Thought it was. I wish it was. Yikes. That person sounds like they're And like of all times. I was about to say like the scary things that were happening. Okay. So Henry Seldes, who wrote the Los Angeles Times article about the painting, and Charles Feingarten, who owned the gallery, were both dead within the year of the painting selling. This feels very Hope Diamond, right? It's the curse. It's the curse. Except this painting, I'm assuming, is not like $40 billion dollars. Uh, no, People can it's not. Yeah. Afford it ish. Yes. Well, no, no one can afford it. I'll tell you why. Because they'll die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, if you can't afford to die, you can't afford. This yeah, painting. that's true. Stoneham says he is sure it was a coincidence, but some of what he paints resonates in other people opening the inner door or the basement, as he calls it. So he's like, I think it's a coincidence, but also I do think that people see my artwork and it opens a door for them, like a weird... And calling it the basement specifically, I think, is a weird choice of words because Mm -hmm. we know how we all feel about basements. Mm -hmm. So adding to this mystery, John Marley, who purchased the painting, died in 1984. So it might be a little bit of a stretch to say that all three deaths are because these men were connected to the Hands Resist Him painting. But it is curious, especially given what I'm about to tell you next. So no one really knows exactly what happened to the painting after John Marley's death. It disappeared from the public. And 26 years later, Stoneham had found out that the painting was abandoned, or I would like to say maybe possibly dumped purposefully, Mm -hmm. behind a California brewery that had been turned into an art space, as if someone wanted to dispose of it. 
And then the painting resurfaced once more in 2000. This time, the owners were desperately trying to get rid of the painting because it was haunted. The painting. I need to know what happened from it being in a dumpster to being now with these new owners. You will learn right now. Okay. The painting was listed on eBay in 2000 by a family, and it was listed under the title Haunted Painting. It began with a grim and chilling warning. The owners warned bidders or potential buyers not to bid on the painting if they were faint of heart or unfamiliar with supernatural events. They wrote that when they first received the painting, and I'm pretty sure that they had received it from this where it was abandoned at the art gallery. They, so dumpster diving? They, or? Yeah, maybe. Because I don't know the specifics of that. I tried to find it and I couldn't. So but basically they were like, okay. when we first received the painting, they thought it was a really good piece of art. And they were like, why would a seemingly perfect painting be discarded like this? But shortly after mm. owning the painting, their four and a half year old daughter had um, some concerns. And she claimed that the children in the photo were fighting and coming into her room at night. Oh, my God. She would cry and tell their parents and tell coming her parents. Coming out of the painting? Yes. Coming, coming into her room? Yes. So the dad is like, it's probably just her imagination. Like, it's nothing. I'm going to set up a camera. It's a creepy painting. It's a you, creepy painting. You, as a parent, I would be like, it's just giving them nightmares. Like, yes. It's just their imagination. Yes. So the dad is like, I'm going to set up a camera to prove to my daughter that she's just imagining things. But very quickly after setting up the camera, he learned that the painting was very much coming to life. He himself witnessed with his very own eyes the little boy in the painting crawl out of it. Ooh, no! <laughs> Ew! Ew! Oh, does he stay little? Does he get big? Like, how does it... How does it happen? I do not want to know. <laughs> Crawl out of the painting. I'd almost rather him get big coming out of like a normal size than a little painting size person yeah. come out. I feel like that's almost creepier. To make it even creepier, according to a BBC article, the family reported that the doll in the painting would come to life and use a gun held in her hand to force the boy to leave the painting. No way. There's not a gun in the painting though, right? It's, let me go back to it. It's, she's holding something and I, it kind of looks like a, it's something. It has like wires oh, on it. Yeah. I have no idea what that is. Some sort of bomb-like device. Yeah. But if you think about it, Bill had painted this to, this, this girl was supposed to be guiding the little boy into the other side of the door. And now she's trying to kick him out of the painting. Like she seems so malicious. And right. evil. She's not a guardian or no or someone there to serve him and guide him at all. And that the little boy is so scared, he's crawling out of the painting. Oh, I was thinking almost like she was holding him at gunpoint and forcing. Either him way, to crawl out. I mean, but maybe that's he's the coming only out of way. the painting. Yeah, he's he's coming out of the either, painting, and fearfully. Either way as well. Yes. So, yeah. Apparently, I was trying to figure this out. So, apparently, on the eBay posting, there were a couple photos that were supposed to be, like, evidence of things happening, but I couldn't find those photos specifically. So, if anyone finds them, please send them to us because I would love to – I'm terrified to see it, but I also would love to see that. Right. Like, photos from the video surveillance where they uh, captured the yeah, boy sure. or, like, the gun in the photo? Something. Yeah. Hmm. So despite these warnings on the eBay listing, or maybe, I don't know, perhaps because of the warnings, the posting received a lot of attention. 
Over 30,000 people viewed the listing before it was purchased. And of these 30,000 people, many of them started to report that just looking at the listing was causing a slew of paranormal occurrences. People were experiencing blackouts, losing consciousness, and all types of hauntings, like hearing voices. One person reported hearing an exorcist type of voice along with a blast of hot air. Another said they became physically ill while looking at the painting and had to cleanse their house afterwards. Mm -hmm. That same person also experienced a blackout and mind control type of episode, which I was trying I wonder to- if the, the sounds and the heat and like, I'm just thinking specifically of like the hot air and the exorcist yeah. type sounds. I'm wondering if that's happening all around them or if that's coming from like their computer as they're looking at it. Like, <gasps> what is the source? Yeah, where, where is, is this thing coming, coming from? from? I don't know. I don't know. Ugh. And I'm also like, what is the mind control episode? What does that look like? What happened? Do they wake up somewhere else? With sticks between their toes? And a bloody axe on their living room couch? Right? I don't know. If that's happened to you, please email us. <laughs> the two girls, one ghost podcast at Gmail. Please. Okay. So the painting eventually sold for $1,025 to Kim Smith. Okay, this is interesting because at the beginning of this episode, you said, I'll take haunted artifacts for $500. And I was thinking to myself, like, ha ha ha, this painting is probably 30 grand. But someone bought it for $1,000. Yeah, so so they bought it for $1,025, which is pretty low. But I think this family just wanted to get rid of the haunted painting. And then now, Mm -hmm. after years and years, because this was 2000, so it's been 22 years, it, it is worth quite a bit more. Okay. Kim Smith bought the painting on eBay, who and they were a gallery owner or are a gallery owner from Michigan. But this legend of the painting had already spread across the internet, catching the attention of many. Smith themselves reported an uneasy feeling when looking at the painting, but couldn't personally report any mind possession types of things happening to them. The most unusual thing that came from the painting was the number of emails from people. So now that people know Kim Smith owns the painting, Kim receives thousands of emails from people who have had experiences just looking at it online. Which is the wildest thing because usually haunted artifacts, you're at risk of being haunted by that artifact if you interact with it in person Mm -hmm. or if you physically own it or have it in your home. The fact that just seeing this or printing it out on a piece of paper or something like that can contribute to yes a haunting is creepy and i'm going to get to creepy. a couple of a couple more personal or not personal to me but like stories that people shared online other people's anecdotes yeah, yeah and there so so i'm kind of jealous of smith who gets like all of these emails specifically about this painting because there's probably so many if you think about it they sh- i mean can we get them forwarded to us to just or just like Put, put them in a book, sell a book, yeah. you know, a little coffee table book of all of the horrifying Smith. experiences people have. I'm jealous. And the very last page is the picture. So you're like warned times 300 Three th- pages, double-sided pages. <sighs> and then you have to decide for yourself whether I you're willing to, do that. to look at that photo. Granted, like we do get email. We have what? How many do we say? Like 7,000 emails in our inbox. So technically we are getting an, some version of what Smith is getting. But like, I just want to know more about this yes. painting, you know? But for one... For one item, yes. that would be just so yes. interesting. It would make me so scared of what I already know to be yes. haunted. But like, I'd feel like, how am I? 
Well, I guess they have the main the main painting. So, like, well, do they experience anything? Maybe Smith has been was possessed to buy it. So, oh, I know that painting has been very close to being in landfills and has always seemed to find its to way find back its into way. someone's home. So suspicious behavior. Smith now has it in the gallery, but in like a storage pocket in the gallery. So it's not out on display. It's in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And Smith has only shown the painting to people a handful of times. And they wrote about this one experience back in 2007 when I I wonder how Smith picks who they show it to because I don't know. Mm -hmm. But anyway, about a dozen men ranging between ages 14 and 60 came to see the painting. And Kim, like, opens the, you know, like, the little, like, storage room door and goes, here it is. And apparently, like, it just, everyone fell into, like, this utter silence and was, like, almost mesmerized and tranced by the photo. Ew. Or by the painting. Until, like, one of them snapped out of it and was like, this is so creepy. And they all, like, had to leave. Yeah. That's so bizarre. Yeah. I wonder if Kim witnessed that or experienced it too you know yeah i don't does know the, who does the trance affect it does feel like smith is not affected by it or maybe mm. kim is so affected by it that we don't even know possessed possessed anyway today kim smith and bill stoneham who's the original artist still receive emails and purchasing inquiries about the painting stoneham has gone on to on record to say we live in an age of science and revelation and hard realities and hard facts but we are still drawn to the mysterious And what is more mysterious than paintings? More than any other object, paintings are a -a one-of-a-kind thing created by someone using their hands. So again, real down-to-dark hall vibes. Like Bill is like, I am, Mm -hmm. something is coming through me. Like part of his soul is in the painting. Right. I don't know. Or like an intense emotion that came through him as he was painting that opened up some type of portal or gave access to the spirit realm to this image. Like spirits possess dolls all the time, all the time. Like why not a painting of children? Yeah. It's just so, I I don't know. It's just like that extra leap to take something that is inanimate in another type of way and be able to manipulate its medium. Like it's one thing for a doll to just start moving the arms that already exist. Yeah. In a space that is like free for the arms to move through but a painting is a paint like it is supposed to be static it is not supposed to you're not you're not supposed to be able to see what's behind the doll and the girl in the painting because it doesn't exist that background doesn't exist so how does it suddenly and this painting move through Mm. it's so i do not understand so remember kim smith bought this painting for a thousand dollars and 20 or a thousand and twenty five dollars Smith Mm -hmm. has received a six-figure offer for the painting, but has turned it down, which is so curious. It's like, why? I mean, maybe Kim just loves the painting so much. I don't know. Zach Bagans himself. I don't think I love anything enough to turn down six Six figures. figures? Are you kidding? (laughs) Easiest money ever made. Um, Right? Zach Bagans himself has tried to acquire the painting for his museum. And, oh, oh, okay, this is interesting. So I don't know if it was because I, like, hadn't eaten at the point because I was finishing my research on this yesterday. And as I got to this point, I was like feeling super lightheaded. I wrote it in here. I was like, I was like, need to make note. I am feeling really faint. Like I'm about to pass out. And I wrote deep breaths. So I don't know. Deep breaths. Related to this or. From looking at the photo long enough. Yeah. I don't know. Or maybe it was just, I had a lot of coffee and not enough water. I don't know. Right. But you also stared at it. You know, I think maybe there's a difference between glancing at it for five seconds like I just did in this video and really zooming in to be able to describe all the details in the photo. So, okay. 
Zach tried and failed to make a deal for the painting, but he couldn't get, out of, get it out of his head. So he called up Bill Stoneham. And apparently when they spoke, Bill had like this weird connection to Zach. And he, he told Zach that he sensed a strange connection to him. Like it was fate that Zach had called him. Bill eventually painted a prequel of the Hands Resist Him painting for Zach. It was called The Hands Invent Him, and it portrays the inside of the window from the original painting. But this is where it gets spookier. Okay. So Bill and Zach spoke. They had this intense connection, and Bill's like, I'm going to paint the prequel, and I'm going to send it to you, Zach. But Bill did not tell Zach anything about what was in this prequel or what the painting looked like, what was going to be like portrayed in the painting. Nothing. There was no detail shared. Bill then completes a painting and ships it to Zach. Sight unseen. While the painting is in transit to the haunted museum, very strange things started to happen at the museum. Zach and many staff members of the haunted museum began to hear the sound of a child's tricycle roaming the halls of the building. Oh, God. Accompanied, no, 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 no. Accompanied by the sound of a bike bell. Also, Ew, it just tricycles just remind me of Jigsaw, you know? I know. Like, I'll never creepy. get over the Saw movies. Also, at the same time, as the painting is in transit, again, they have not seen this painting, a light bulb mysteriously exploded in the oddities room of the museum, which was located right above an old coin-operated machine that was just on display at the time. And this is an important detail. That machine had a long hose coming out of it with a hand on the end. Mm-hmm. This is important to note because when the painting from Bill arrived, Zach was shocked to see that it depicted a long hose with a hand on the end of it. That hand was placed on a child's tricycle ringing the bell. No freaking way. Yeah. Holy shirt balls. I know. That, unreal. And he's just shocked, like completely stunned. He had no idea what the painting contained. He's not the only person who experienced these hauntings, like, it, it was, well, and it also, it could have been not a haunted painting. You know, just because the same guy yeah. makes a painting inspired by yeah. a haunted painting doesn't mean that painting is going to come with all the hauntings that the other one did. Yeah. It's almost, it could have just been a painting. It's almost like the spirit of the painting or a spirit in general knew that the painting was coming to the museum and started haunting the place according to what was depicted in it. And I'm going to show you the photo of it. So Okay. Okay. If you remember, it's this is basically the invert of it. Oh, so this is the original painting. So this painting- Got it. It's called, we'll have to remember. Okay. So this is now from the other side of the door. So you can see the shadows of the boy and girl. Oh. You see the bike with the hand on mm-hmm. it and like the little like hose or like wire attached to it. Yep. And the like trees, uh-huh. branches. It's like. Interesting. There's also like a weird like witch doll hanging from the tree there. Do you see that one? It makes me, yeah. It makes me wonder. If the spirit that is from the other painting kind of like split off and decided to haunt the museum where they knew they were going to, or if the spirits in the museum were – this is where I'm like, were they afraid of what was in transit to come or were they excited? Which the excitement almost makes it worse. It's like they're all like – these evil entities communing together, getting all hyped that they're like the main guys coming or something. You know, I'm it's curious. Freaky to think why there was so much activity. Well, n- now I'm so curious what happens now. Like, does anything happen now that the hands? Mm-hmm. So it's called the hands invent him painting. So I'm so curious if the hands invent now that the painting's at the haunted museum, what happens? So 
Zach, yeah. because I'm thinking about like the, the crone of Catskills. Remember yeah. when the crone was put in, when Dana and Greg Newkirk put the, the crone in their house, all so many of the other artifacts started acting up. So many of the other spirits started acting up because they like, were in scared. a way that wasn't, yeah. they were scared. They were like, get, yeah. get this other thing away from us. I don't know. So Zach had no explanation except to say that he believes Bill to be very much in touch with the other side. Mm. Since the creation of the Hands Resistant painting and the popularity due to its haunted reputation, Bill Stoneham has been asked to create other sequels and prequels. So there's one sequel titled Resistance at the Threshold, and it depicts the same characters 40 plus years later in the same style as the first. So I'll show you that one. Okay. It's so creepy. Look at the doll's face. Ew, 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 ew. And like, why is the doll like hanging? It's so creepy. Super creepy. It's interesting because I feel like the art styles have almost, like the first painting lacks as much color as the prequel and sequel have. I don't know. The vibe's a little different, but yes, still similar. There is a second sequel called The Threshold of Revelation, and this was completed in 2012. And this one's like a little bit more beautiful. Like like we're all just sitting here this episode watching all of ourselves get cursed by looking at these photos. Like the little girl is now a real little girl and she has taken her doll face off and like it kind of looks like they've there's like a more loving relationship between them. Yeah, but what's coming out of the water? What's happening there? Is that washing clothes or taking out a dead corpse? Can't tell. Oh, also like everything behind them. These are all like little hands back there. Okay, and then there's one final painting in the series. That Stoneham painted in 2021, and it's, to according to him, the final in the series, and it is called What Remains. It depicts the original painting setting as deteriorated and scattered with the debris of earlier lives and stories. And this one's dark. It's, like, very, like... Oh, gosh. Yeah. That reminds me more of the second. Yeah. Yes, definitely. And the red in the... The splash of red in the middle is reminding me of the background... From that the artist that Bill himself has behind. Yep. Yeah. It's interesting. I wonder if Bill's haunted or if he just gets to live this life channeling these crazy entities I through him, know. painting them into the paint and haunting everyone else, but living very peacefully himself. Well, I'll have to email him and ask. I think his contact information is on his website and I will ask him. Okay. He also does have on his website, he has like a list of articles and podcasts that he thinks covers the story of his, of the hands resistant painting properly and well. And so I'm hoping to be added to that list, Bill. Perhaps Um, we'll be. Hey. What an honor that would be. Yeah. While the original painting is in storage, the supernatural encounters continue and you can head to like, you know, 4chan, Reddit, all of those creepypastas and stuff because there are tons of stories on there. Mm-hmm. But I did want to share a couple. This first one is so spooky. So this experience happened in 2016 to Darren Kyle O'Neill, who... <gasps> Wait, I read about this one. You have? I know what you're about to tell oh me, but gosh. I'll let everyone... I mean, it's still amazing. I'll yeah. let... Yes, okay. I'm ready. So he's a writer with an interest in the macabre and... He first saw the painting online when he was living in Dubai. After reading about it and seeing it, his interest was super piqued. And so he like printed out a photo of it and left it on a side table next to some other documents. And all of these documents are all printed from the same printer. So it's like I'm imagining, you know, like bills and, you know, Mm -hmm. art like stories that he's written. And then this painting, they're on the side table. He then goes to Italy for a month, forgetting about the picture on the side table. But when he comes back, he is shocked to see 
his apartment or his place, his home is in disarray. The air conditioning had gone awry and everything was covered in green mold. The TV, the bed sheets, his daughter's bed, his daughter's clothing, his clothing, all of his suits in the closet, and all of the documents that he had printed on that side table were all green except for one thing. The only thing that was seemingly untouched was the printed sheet of paper with the painting of the hands resist him on it. The only thing that did not have mold. That, that's indisputable. That is the painting haunting yes, him. 100%. How could you say? And the thing that's so freaky is like that, that was printed out. Yes. He took it from the internet and printed it through his printer. Yes. And yet this thing wreaked so much havoc on his apartment. You know what I'm just picturing? I know. I'm just picturing one of the spirits from the, like, whether it's the girl or the boy coming out of that printed out piece of paper and just touching everything in his apartment and leaving behind the screen residue. Yeah. I mean, in the paintings and the prequels and the sequels, it does look kind of moldy, doesn't it? Like the the scenes look damp. You're so right. Oh my God. It's so creepy. So uh, Darren Kyle O'Neill has actually published a dramatized account of the artwork. It's called The Hands Resist Him, Be Careful What You Bid For. And you can purchase it on Amazon. It actually sounds really good. It's, it's about a young fictional family as the winning bidders, as well as a detective who finds a connection between the haunted painting and his investigation into a 28-year-old open case of a serial killer known as the Life Swapper. The Life Swapper. So I'll just read two more quick stories from uh, Reddit. This user, Droopy Knight, says they still refuse to look at or study the picture for more than five seconds. It creeps me the F out. Then Snoops My Dog or Snooze My Dog from Reddit added, I actually purchased a print of this painting from Bill's website. I put it on display in my living room. And man, that thing made everyone who saw it uncomfortable. People actually would stop coming over because of it. And so I ended up taking it down due to popular demand. And now it's under a cloth hidden away. No way. Oh my gosh. I need to know what happened to all of his friends I know. that came over. The fact that so many people have to be like, it's an, it's enough. We're not coming to your house if yeah, you have that thing. Take it down. Knowing all of this. Corinne, this is a question to you. Well, it's not a question to you because you've already been forced to uh, look at it. And maybe all of you listening have been forced to look at it. But would you, on your own accord, willingly look at the painting, Hands Resist Him? Let us know. And if you watched this on YouTube, if you saw these photos, did you black out? Did you get possessed by mind-controlling spirits? Let us know. Because I would love to know if you experienced any hauntings. Sorry if you did. Although we we have many apologies to say because our podcast is very haunted without the help of the Hands mm-hmm. Resist Him painting. But that, and you did give a trigger warning in the beginning. I did. That is the story of the Hands Resist Him haunted painting. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I mean, that's wild. I think I to know. answer your question, would I look had I not just had to look? Um, <laughs> and honestly, I think I'd looked five years ago when we <laughs> were talking about haunted art paintings. Yeah. I think there is – I think I'm more timid. I have more trepidation about looking at images that are said to depict actual, like, demons. And not yeah. to say that the painting isn't isn't showing an actual demon in it. But I feel like I get really spooked when it's like, this is the reflection of a demon in a window. Or if you look at this picture from the photo booth with this spirit in the yeah, background, you'll those be are so from scary. 800 days. I'm like, oh, my God, this is, like – yeah, those are the ones that I feel really like weird and nauseous and, and don't yeah. want to look at. I feel like I'm more likely to look at 
a haunted artifact or to risk taking a picture of Robert the doll <gasps> or you wouldn't to Corinne. Oh no, but it's like that's the thing where I'm like I'm bordering on the line. Okay. I wouldn't, but like I'm close to doing it. I'm yeah. not going to, but I'm not far away from doing right. it. And I feel like this painting included where like there's something in me that'd be like, oh, I'll look. And, there's also, and then I'm going to be screwed over. I'm going to be haunted. The nice thing, though, is that, yes, while there are three deaths that could, and, and in some stories people credit to the connection to the painting, since then there are no correlations between the painting and death. If anything, right. it's, it's scary, of course, like something crawling out of your home or out of the painting or the mold is terrifying or, you know, it, it's an unsettling thing to think that you could black out or have like a weird mind control episode. But you're not going to die necessarily, but don't quote yeah. me on that because I don't know. <laughs> it's the it's a risk we all have to take. I mean, it's like it's a risk we already did. Yeah, we already, we're already we've we've come this far. I don't know why I'm like, oh, don't. Uh, we did it. We're in what that if, risk. What if we watch this episode back zone. and like we just said like really weird things and did really weird things? <gasps> Ew. Where we're just like in silence, kind of like lo- looking and bobbing. Ew. Okay, I'd remembered elements of the story that you had just covered, this mm-hmm. painting. And so I found an email that I thought went really well with it. Oh, okay. Uh, and so now I'm even more excited to read it and to Yay. hear what you think. Okay. This is from Line. I'm a ghost story obsessed 30-year-old girl from Denmark <laughs> who don't believe in ghosts. And I just woke up from the most disturbing dream I've ever had. <gasps> it's currently 10.45 a.m. in Denmark, and I guess I must have finally fallen asleep on the couch early this morning, hours after lying awake in bed most of the night. In my dream, I'm driving through the countryside with my parents, heading towards an old inn where we will be staying for the night. As we arrive at the small stone building, I can see how ancient it is. But surrounding it is a tacky golf course and a beautiful river, and the place is packed with tourists. The newer extension had been made at the front of the house with flooring and ceiling windows for a very average-looking dinner experience. It's still packed, though, but I know that there's a ghost story about this place, and I just can't wait to go explore. My mom immediately jumps into the water and swims around with all of her clothes on. And this is probably where it should have ticked me off that I was (laughs) dreaming, but I forgot to bring my swimsuit. So I just went inside. I was like, I don't have a swimsuit, even though that person's fully clothed, so I can't go in the water. I forgot to bring my swimsuit, so I just went inside to see the house. I'm looking for a specific painting of a young girl holding a bouquet of flowers that has been connected to a ghost story. And I find in a very small stone-walled room with a surprisingly high ceiling, this painting. From the look of this room, it's probably the only original part left of the house. And as I sit down on the couch, I study the picture of the girl closely. This reminds me of the painting at the hotel in that we stayed at in um, Austin. Driscoll Hotel in Austin? Of Sarah. Yeah. Right? She holds like a little bouquet, doesn't she? I think so. Eek. Okay. And she's a little girl. Yeah. <laughs> so Connections. Connections. According to my research, they discovered bones encased in one of the walls of this house when it was renovated. And for some reason, they assumed it was the little girl that was buried alive to secure the house against floods. I immediately discovered this connection for myself when I noticed a heavy-looking stone or metal relief next to the painting with a big fish and words along the edges. I don't remember the wording of it, but it was written like a protection or a blessing against water. Hmm. And I've seen those before in my own city, old protections against flood or fire embedded to old houses. It looks original to the house and there's a date on it, 1806. It's a good story. I can see why people would create a ghost story to go along with the painting, the bones and the relief. 
My mother arrives and announces that she's going to change in the bathroom, and I lazily hit the couch. And then it happens. There is a framed poster on the wall, and as I'm looking straight at it, it lifts off of its nails and starts to fall very slowly, gliding and swinging from side to side like a feather until it lands on the hard stone floor. No sound. I'm terrified. What just happened? Yeah. I yell for my mother and I run out of the room, collapsing on the floor just outside of the threshold in a more modern looking hallway connecting parts of the house. I can see the blue door to the toilets and I'm yelling my mother's name again and again. My understanding of the world is crumbling around me. What? I don't believe in ghosts. My mother doesn't come out. No one comes. I can see the patrons in the diner looking curiously back at me, but no one gets up. And then it happens again. What? As I glance back into the room, my eyes fix on the old wooden writing desk and on the small stool that is actively hovering below it, a foot off the floor. Okay. As I start to scream, this is the this is the dream, but it's like chronological it's, it's order, so, which is so freaky. It, I'm, it's the most elaborate dream and like so specific to have all these like right? this knowledge of this world. Yeah. It, wow. It's fascinating. I know. As I start to scream, it's like something loses grip of it and the stool falls to the floor, bouncing from the impact. And I'm so scared and I can't stop screaming. It's not even words anymore. I'm just screaming and screaming and screaming and I can feel my vocal cords getting frayed and sore, but still no one comes. And I start to realize that almost no sound is escaping me. Finally, my mother arrives and asks me what's going on. I'm hysterical as I try to tell her, but my throat is constricted and dry and mostly it just comes out in a hoarse whisper. I get up and I drag her into the room, frantically pointing to the framed poster on the floor. There are no cracks in the glass. There's no way that I could have reached it on the wall. And in my panic, I noticed that the desk and the carpet appeared to be pushed off center as well. I decided to tell the owner of the house, partly to not get blamed for the disruption <laughs> and explain my crazy behavior. And my confused mother and I quickly head down the hallway to the diner. The young waitress dials up the number on her cell phone and places it on the countertop on speakerphones. My voice is still not back, and all the noises around me seem to be closing in on my sanity. As I half scream slash half whisper into the phone that I just experienced a fucking poltergeist. (laughs) Even as I'm trying to explain what happened, the owner cuts in on the phone and stops me. You'd want to know the whole story, she calmly tells me, and I listen. She tells me the ghost story about this place is not true. There were no bones found. There was a local legend about a girl that was almost sacrificed back in the Middle Ages to secure a good harvest, but the townspeople eventually decided against it, and she was saved. The painting of the girl was a later addition to the house, probably to bring some color into the ghost story. Hmm. Listening, I start to realize what's going on, and I feel stupid. I was lying on the couch, so obviously I must have dozed off and imagined the whole thing up until seeing my mother in the hallway. There was no ghost because ghosts don't exist, and my world slowly set back into place. Everything made perfect sense, and I could see how the ghost story could easily grow from local legend, spooky artifacts, and my own imagination. And then I woke up on my actual couch. Now it's 12.20 a.m., so I guess it took me more than an hour to write. Hopefully, this will be faster to read. Wow. I felt like I had to write you because for a hot second there, I actually believed in ghosts. And it was the most terrifying and mind-bending thing I've ever experienced. Thank you for a wonderfully spooky podcast, Line. Line. Well, okay. To each their own, if you don't believe in a ghost. In- yeah. But... This is such an elaborate dream that I'm like, is this going to happen in Line's life? 
Interesting. Because that's so interesting. Or has Line been to this place before? Because it is such a specific, like everything is so detailed. Right. Right. And it's all based around the painting and this legend of the girl and like yeah. the story that comes with the painting after. But it reminded me of like Bill's theory mm-hmm. of of all of the different iterations, all the different lives, like all of the the portals that could be what could have happened. And it's kind of like this layering of existence. Yeah. And that's kind of what it sounds like Lion experienced. It's like, when, if ever, did this experience happen? Yeah. And then it's like, the realizations keep happening. It's like, okay, well, I realized that maybe I didn't just see a ghost. Maybe that I was just having a moment or, or maybe I was actually asleep on the couch and now I'm awake. Oh, yeah. wait, now I'm actually awake. And it's like, you fall down. It's almost, it reminds me of... um. When we were doing the, when we were uh, guests on Creeps and Crimes and Morgan was talking about when she dreams, sometimes she she like, falls through different layers yeah. and doesn't necessarily always know when she's dreaming or oh, when she's waking. It's so fascinating. It's also when it, it, yeah. this story also makes me, granted, I know it's a dream and a line. If you don't want to believe it's a ghost story, that's fine. But I believe it's a ghost story. It does make me also, also relating back to the hands resist him painting, like, this concept of artwork coming to life. It doesn't have to be that mm-hmm. there's this ghost or real story of a girl who died on the property or, you know, a real ghost attached to something. Like if there's emotion, like Bill was saying, like there's such a connection to the human and the soul and like something deeper when visual arts are made. I do imagine that spirits can access that energy, the emotion, the portal, whatever may be created in that like schism. Right. And I don't know, like, what if, like, this comes to life? Because that is a very creepy painting. Yeah. And, like, I mean, my friend Val, it's her art. She's so talented. But, yeah, like. Maybe she herself is also a Dana Dark Hall channeler. Maybe. Something's coming through. Yeah. We don't know. Well, I also am remembering. Wait, did you tell, did you say this in the episode? Or am I remembering from hearing about the, this painting before the people who've tried to print it out too, they're. Their printers will. Oh, I didn't start talk about like this. eating everything. No, and you can't actually print it out. It's just so like all weird. the paper starts to like cannibalize itself. That makes me think that like something's trying to prevent the painting from being in their home, which is a good yeah. Haunting. The other spirits in the home are like not Nuh-uh. here, not again, not bringing this here. <laughs> Hard yeah, no. We know about. I let you. you live your life. This time, I'm interfering. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh well, this is so Dang. fun. I know. Wait, this was great because I'm like looking at the time and if we had, you know, had our old format, we might not have all the details that you just gave us. So this is so great. Yes. Yes. What a strong start, Sabrina. Thank you. Thank you. I'm blushing. You're welcome. I'm knocking my microphone around. That's okay. I've changed color five times. I was yellow and then I was blue and now I'm like white. And I'm sweating. So glad you can't (laughs) see it because this ladies in tangent sweatshirt is keeping me dry. Um, Keeping you dry. If you experience anything while looking at the painting today or in the past, please email us at twogirlsmongoespodcast at gmail.com. Or if you had any paranormal encounter, supernatural, Bigfoot, cryptid, aliens, whatever it may be, please email them to us at two girls, one ghost. I just said it. You, you know it. Um, and yep. do all the things to support us. You know us. all the things. Yeah. Patreon. Join us on Patreon. YouTube. Rate and review on iTunes. Yeah. Scream it off the rooftops that two girls, one ghost is the Halloween podcast Hootin for Annie. you. Because yeah. it's spooky season spooky and this season. is our chance to bring people, suck people back into our pyramid, <laughs> into our mothership. Come in. I, I was also like doing this like weird motion. I was like I was almost scooping breastfeeding my own boobs. them. Yeah, like what's happening? Come on Squirt in. in the milk to bring them on here. in. It's warm in here. Our milkshakes 
bring all the booze to the yard. So all the ghosts to the yard. Yep. 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 Okay. Alrighty. We have thank yous to say. Yes. Thank you to all of you. And thank you to everyone at a fire digital, the whole team for editing our podcast, Aiden Manning, Eric Foster, Max Lodian. We are just so grateful for all of you. And thank you for making us sound and look kind of better. We kind of better. We can only do so much. They can only do so much. We have to do. They can only do so much. (laughs) And just as a reminder, we will have encounters again. So yes, in just a few days, you'll get an encounters episode. You have one of these a week and an encounter. So. All More things to More be spooks. Had. Your lights just changed again. <gasps> spooky. It is really spooky, isn't it? Yeah. All right. It, it's what, what the clouds are doing. We do hope to see you on this side. Yes. But if we do not, we will see you. See you on, on the, the other, other side. side. Very spooky.